0: Okay, Whitney Houston, the notorious B.I.G., Soundgarden, Dave Matthews Band, among those nominated for entry into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame earlier today. Here's our her buddy and music expert, Eric Elpert, to talk more about this on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Eric, my friend, how are you?
1: I'm good. I'm good. I'm ready to take on all comers that say that Whitney Houston is not rock and roll.
0: All right, well, let's start there then, because that's always been this big debate, this raging debate. I remember uh, ABBA, they were up for a nomination for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and everybody got their uh, knickers in a knot, if you will, Uh, Eric. Should they rename this thing the Music Hall of Fame?
1: No, I think it's okay to keep that Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I think as long as people um, uh, uh, completely understand that rock and roll isn't just a bass, guitar, drums, and a lead singer. Rock and roll is about the spirit of rock and roll. It's about rebellion. It's about doing what you want. It's about success, doing it your way. And I think that's why it's okay for a Whitney Houston or a Shaka Khan or Notorious B.I.G. to be in there because... As the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame evolves, so did music. Music was never really about, you know, the bass, drums, and guitar, even in the 80s and 90s when artists like Depeche Mode or even New Kids on the Block were considered rock and roll or at least pop because they were just evolving from, you know, Buddy Holly from the 1950s. So I think it's okay.
0: All right, let me ask you, uh, for uh, music fans that are maybe scratching their head when they hear that Whitney Houston's been nominated and think, uh, well, why isn't she already in the Hall of Fame? Uh, That's because of uh, the way you're eligible, and it's 20 years, is it, after your first release? Yeah, 25 years after your
1: first release, yeah. So, you know, an even better head-scratcher would be, you know, this is the sixth time that Kraftwerk is on the ballot. This is the fifth time for the MC5 And the fourth for Rufus featuring Shaka Khan. So, did they have a better year this year doing absolutely nothing than (laughs) in the years past? And I think part of it is just to be a fly in the wall during those board of director discussions to figure out, well, why putting craft work back on there as opposed to leaving them off? and adding somebody else. And I think, you know, part of it is a little bit of sales history. Um, The other part of it is the experience and the influence that those artists have. So I think for somebody like Whitney Houston, not only is she probably newly qualified in a certain extent, um, but I think that because she's having hits again, she's back on the Billboard Hot 100 with Higher Love, that I think that it's worthwhile to bring up her name.
0: Now, the inductees are expected to be announced in January after the Hall's uh, 1,000-plus voting members uh, cast their ballots that you just uh, alluded to there. So uh, we don't know, uh, you know, the percentage of votes, right, or, uh, you know, does uh, Whitney Houston get 85% of the votes, or Kraftwerk only get like 10%, and do they really have a shot or not? It's not broken down for us that way, is it?
1: No, and and in fact, you know, it, it's kind of frowned upon that if you're judging to actually announce what your what your category is. I mean, even if you're skeptical And even if you follow along at rockhall.com or any of the interactive kiosks that they have around Cleveland, it'll tell you how much percentage those numbers are. But, you know, I take those with a grain of salt, you know, not that I wouldn't say that they're fake, but sometimes having a close race benefits everybody, even if it's really not behind the scenes.
0: All right. In your estimation, the nominees announced today who's a slam dunk, who's a lock for the Hall?
1: Whitney Houston is a slam dunk. I think Depeche Mode finally gets in. And I think Pat Benatar gets in as well because I I think that you really can't induct other women into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame without having some of the people that paved the path before you. And Pat Benatar is certainly one of them. So I'm willing to bet the house that Whitney Pat, and Depeche Mode gets in this year.
0: Yeah, I'm shocked that Pat Benatar isn't in there. Uh, full admission, that was the first ever uh, record I bought was Pat Benatar oh. in the late 70s. And... Oh, look
1: at you as a 70-year-old man.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she could rock it, though. And I'm surprised she's not in because, as you mentioned, she was really a, a torch bear.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think also because, you know, without getting inside about the the whole logistics, there's a new chairperson, and his name is John Skies. And John headed up MTV back in the 80s and 90s. And I think that that's where we're going to see a lot of our artists that we grew up with starting to get in there, like a Pat Benatar that might have been passed over. Because if there's anybody that understood the power of Pat Benatar, it was the people who worked at MTV, because they had a really nice relationship for a number of decades.
0: What do you think about Dave Matthews' band?
1: that's a real interesting choice I think he actually might be fourth on my list he not only sold over 100 million concert tickets but he's also sold over 20 million copies of his albums and singles so he's made this industry a lot of money and you can never deny that these people that are voting are also benefactors of somebody like Dave Matthews even existing so he actually might be my fourth pick overall
0: yeah should sales really dictate whether or not you get into the Hall of Fame though uh, Eric I mean we just mentioned Pat Benatar a second ago, and I mean, culturally, she's got such a, a place. I think, uh, particularly in the pantheon of uh, music, uh, where, where the Dave Matthews Band and listen, I love the Dave Matthews Band. They're they're great artists and, and a great group, but uh, I just don't know what they've done other than sell a bunches of records and concert tickets.
1: Yeah, I think that that's what makes the Rock Roll Hall of Fame interesting, as opposed to say the Baseball Hall of Fame or other ones. Is is it's a tourist attraction more than anything else, and you know, people. Argue all day long about who should be in and not. But I think that that's where you start to see artists like T Rex and Thin Lizzy and Kraftwerk because those bands might not have exploded a whole lot in North America, but they are as influential as the Beatles in some cases in the UK. And for all you and I know, maybe the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame might be looking across the pond for their new initiatives and new tourist attractions, spending dollars to try to get more people in there so sometimes that's why I kind of take all of it as fun everybody on this list is worthy of being inducted if it was up to me I would just let them all
0: in Let me ask you this, too, about the tourist attraction you just mentioned that is the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I think Cleveland, for whatever reason, gets an unfair, bad rap. I mean, Cleveland I've been to several times. It is a great city. It's a fun city uh, on the lake. And the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, maybe talk a bit about that, just the experience itself, uh, Eric, because uh, I've been a couple of times and had the time of my life, uh, not only as a music fan, but just the way that that uh, whole museum, that whole exhibit is set up.
1: Yeah, and, and it's always changing and, and evolving too. Um, you can go in October and see a large amount of hip-hop stuff there, and then if you go again in the, in December or January, then you'll see stuff from the 1940s or 50s. I mean, Cleveland is is certainly the birthplace of rock and roll. It was where the first rock concert was held with Alan Freed, who was a massive DJ who actually coined the term rock and roll. Um, there's a number of artists from Canada, in including Rush, who bypassed the Canadian radio system. And Cleveland was the first time and, and the first city that played a lot of Canadian artists, not just Rush, but also Honeymoon Suite as well in some cases. So Cleveland's got a very big stake to being one of the most important cities when it comes to rock and roll music around the world.
0: And one of the coolest things they've done there is out front, they now have uh, a stage in a uh, performance area. And I know I had a friend that was down there a while back, and they're like, I think I can hear, is that Mellencamp? And and sure enough, John Mellencamp was playing like a free show in front of the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a cool place, you know? Like, you don't need four days to do it all. You can pretty much do it in a whole day. But if you're a music fan, it's an absolute must on your list to go see, other than like maybe the Brill Building in New York, which you can't even get into a lot of these places or see these artifacts unless you go to the Smithsonian and maybe see you know, Kirk Cobain sweater once. This is a whole, you know, 100,000 square foot building with many floors on it and film and audio. It's a real fun place to visit.
0: So mention off the top, Notorious B.I.G., Whitney Houston, Soundgarden, Dave Matthews Band, uh, not to mention Depeche Mode, Dewey Brothers, still waiting for induction, uh, Rufus and Chaka Khan, Todd Rundgren. We'll see who makes the uh, cut in January. Eric Elper, thanks for the time as always. No
1: problem. Thanks for having me.